0: happy friday happy friday hey happy friday it is friday january 10th 2020 great show today A.J. Hawk is on the show. Every time he and I talk to each other, it is entertaining. He might be one of the driest sense of humor humans to ever exist. He is hilarious. Also, Eddie George, who, uh, he and I made a couple bets earlier, all right? He came back to rub it in my face. Great conversation about the Titans, the running backs, and just, you know, I think this is a type of show that will propel you into the greatest weekend of your entire life. I'm bummed for you. It's gonna be a good weekend for you. I don't know if you're just going to chill. I don't know if you're going to go out. I don't know what you're going to do. But this weekend is going to be a weekend that in like a year from now, you go, hey, that January 10th, 11th, and 12th weekend was fucking awesome. Or it's one that you just like relax and don't remember or talk about ever again. You know, it's all up to you, but we're going to try our best to send you into that weekend in a good mood. Our presenting sponsor is SeatGeek. They've been our presenting sponsor since the first ever podcast. They've been our supporter for longer than they should have. Not all these shows are bangers, and at the beginning it was even worse. But the reason why they stuck beside us is because they're an amazing company. And their company is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... The moon. That's right. If you're going to buy a ticket to a comedy show, stand-up comedy show, a concert, a theater show, a sporting event. You name it, if it is, tickets, SeatGeek has the tickets for you. And they have them at the best price because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you get the best value for the tickets that you want. And right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit, they're giving tickets away. Valentine's Day is coming up. Maybe get some tickets to a concert or maybe to a play or maybe to a game or anything. They're great. Gifts. They're the best tickets available, and you're alive, but are you living? You'll live and experience something live with SeatGeek. Now let's get to it. We are being joined by a legend, a man who has a number retired, a man who won a Heisman, just a superstar individual. Uh, and obviously his name is not only synonymous with the Ohio State Buckeyes, but also the Tennessee Titans who just knocked the Patriots off with of their Dynasty Mountain. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie George. Eddie Pat what's up man Eddie uh, first of all incredible book collection behind you is that how you become a wealth management guy reading all there's no way you read all those books
1: um, I have I have over about uh, a a 10 year period I've read every single one oh, are you wow now for those that are I'm just... joking that's all, <laughs> oh, it's, all, it's all for it's all for show okay all for show I was gonna say, for the... not, I have not read one of those books back then <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those that are just listening on the radio, Eddie is sitting in front of a bookcase that has, I would say, probably 500 books in it. It's one of the most yeah, of impressive course. collections I've ever seen uh, by yeah. one of the most impressive humans ever. Now, I have a question. We had a little bet on the Titans-Colts game. The Titans won. I was supposed to wear an Eddie George jersey.
1: Yeah, well, I'm curious. Yeah, I was going to say, where's my, my jersey? Why aren't you wearing it? Well, what's going on?
0: Well, I don't know if you remember. You know
1: was coming on? You had 24 hours... <laughs> To prepare for this. yeah. So what is the excuse?
0: Well, I think what had happened was you see, well actually happened? <laughs> Yeah, I think you're uh busy reading those books. You're supposed to send me a real one. I was gonna buy a fake oh, one. I'm supposed <laughs> to send You, one? <laughs> you say <I> <laughs> spent my money like <laughs>
1: you a, how does that work? You lose the bet and so, I send you a jersey?
0: Okay, so what I was gonna do was
1: dial a dollar jersey? Uh, so I'm gonna send you one. With the iron
0: on. No, <laughs> I was going to wait until the Titans won the Super Bowl, which looks like.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> you're going to have to wear If you go there. listen. If you go down to uh, Miami, okay, you have to wear the jersey the entire week now because you can dig them the back. Oh, wow. and, no, and my friend, you're going to wear a cutoff jersey. With nothing else underneath. So it's going to be a cut-off half jersey. <laughs> I'm not wearing a bear. Belt. underneath. We right, have to do that. We the can, entire week at Miami on Radio Row.
0: I cannot wear. A, all right, I'll do that one. I'll wear the. Uh, I got to lose a lot of weight. I need to get a lot of no, supplements.
1: No, as you are. right <laughs> <now>. no. no. <laughs> Off the holidays.
0: Belly out, bro. <laughs> belly out. Hey, let's talk about the Titans, can we? We'll make that happen. All right, let's talk about the Titans. Titans. Uh, Also, first of all, hold on. Let's talk about what Dr. Pepper's doing with the College Football National Championship. You're a representative of Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's obviously awesome, as are you. What's Dr. Pepper got going on with the uh, National Championship for College Football?
1: They uh, have a new flavor coming out. They're presenting at the game is a cream-based soda uh, Dr. Pepper's doing, um, which I want from you ice cold. (laughs) along with the bet and uh everyone attending the game will get one but don't fret um they will have other opportunities for the public to get uh this this new flavor that's coming out it's quite delicious it's refreshing it's great when you come off of the back nine of a golf course after being uh five under so uh that's what's going to happen at uh, the national championship game
0: eddie have you ever shot five under in golf
1: I'm, again, I'm lying on that. That's a dream of mine. That's a goal of mine. I, I visualize it on my vision board. It's five under. That's on my vision board as we speak.
0: I can I can respect that. I can't wait to try Dr. <laughs> Pepper's new flavor. Uh, Dr. Pepper has been steadfast in the college football, not only playoff, but in college football in general. Big thanks to them for all their support. Also, signing you was a brilliant move. Now, let's talk about the Titans. That game against the Patriots, Mike Vrabel goes into what seems to be an impossible place to win in the playoffs, gets a win. Now, it got very yeah. close towards the end. And obviously pick six to seal it. Now they have to go into a place that looks like a buzzsaw right now with this Baltimore Ravens team with Lamar yeah. Jackson. Why do yeah. the Titans have a chance to knock off Lamar Jackson and stop his team that looks like they've been unstoppable?
1: Well a couple of reasons. Um I, I think the Titans are playing their best football right now. Um clearly, you know, defensively they they, they defense travels. Um, Mike Brabel understands uh, how to prepare uh in, in the playoff game in this magnitude. Uh, going into Gillette Stadium last week was a perfect example of that. Derrick Henry is, is playing out of his mind. He's peaking at the right time. He didn't uh, accumulate a ton of carries in the first half of the season. He's peaking in the back half going into January. He's only getting better each and every week. Um, and the fact that the Titans have played their first playoff game already, you know, Baltimore is at a week off. And typically in this matchup, historically, the visiting team has won. And mm-hmm. with that, that week off, you know, you, you tend to, yeah, you get rest, you get guys rested, but the timing isn't there, the edge isn't, th- isn't there, and the Titans are coming in with a ton of momentum. And for me, the big key is the fact that Mark Ingram is dinged up. Yeah. So they said that offense runs through Mark Ingram. As great as Lamar Jackson is, as, as, as dynamic as he is, he's fantastic that's going to force if he's not able to carry the ball 25 to 30 times in this ball game against the Titans and Lamar Jackson has to throw it a little bit more that's the problem for Baltimore that's where it comes in if there is a slight edge that's what I'm leaning on right there is the injury to Mark to uh to Mark Ingram.
0: I got a chance to call one of Navy's games this year and sat down with his offense, their offense coordinator. They said that entire option offense runs off the fullback being a legitimate threat every single time, right?
1: Every time. Because
0: if the fullback isn't a threat, then there's no worrying about him keeping it or giving it because they can read it easier.
1: It breaks down the smoke and mirrors. The smoke and mirrors is the fact that Lamar Jackson is making all these fantastic plays, which he is, but the only way he's able to do that is if the running game is going, if Ma- if Mark Jackson is going, if they don't have a, a backup plan for Mark Jackson who's able to get five six exactly. yards a clip, then everything opens. Uh, uh, everything op- Everything else opens up. If it doesn't, they're going to they're going to have problems struggling against this Titan defense.
0: Schefter said that they didn't have him practice yesterday because there was snow on the ground and they didn't want to tweak the calf. They said they mm. feel as if he's going to be back though. I, I but there's uh-huh. there's.
1: <laughs>
2: really?
0: Is that right? He's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a smartass. I had no idea that Eddie George was this awesome of a smartass. He, he's had two and a half weeks off, though. So, I mean, it was a non-contact injury, though. But the fact that he's still not practicing two and a half weeks later is kind of scary to think about.
1: It. It's scary. It, in effect, you're right. Exactly. It was a non-contact injury. So that tells me that there's something more serious going on in that cat. And even if it's well-rested, cool. Guess what? First quarter, if it's retweaked again, you're back at ground zero. So it's, it's thin ice when it comes to an injury like that, especially for an explosive back like Ingram. And again, everything runs off of the running back, that running game. And if he's not healthy, if he's not 100%, and the Titans realize that, I'm telling you right now, that offense will struggle against the Titans uh, this Saturday.
0: Okay, so the Titans obviously just knocked off the Patriots. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. conversation right now about what Tom Brady's going to do. There's people thinking he's going to the Saints. There's people thinking he's going with McDaniels to the Browns, the Colts, the Raiders, the Chargers. I think the Titans might be the only team that they said he isn't going to, (laughs) and that might even be a rumor right now. In your eyes, he's 42 years old. He just posted on Instagram yesterday that he still has a lot to prove. What do you think happens? Do you think this is a leverage play with the Patriots so he gets maybe roster control or more money or do you think there's a chance that Tom Brady puts another jersey on
1: I think there's a serious chance that Tom Brady puts a jersey on otherwise I think they would have uh figured out a way to extend him during the course of the season I think at some point the end is near you know for this dynasty for Bill Belichick for Tom Brady they have to have some type of transition plan moving forward um, I do think there is still some more football left in Tom. maybe you know two or three more productive years and I'm curious to see how he does outside of a uh, a New England uniform. I mean you think about it all oh, they, they try to keep comparing him with Bel- whether it's Belichick or his Brady now he has an opportunity to say, hey, I am the goat, but I'm really the goat. If I go to a team like the Titans or the Raiders or the Cleveland Browns and make them competitive he, hell they' don't even he can go to Cleveland and just win one playoff game, he's a GOAT. You have to win a Super Bowl. Just get to the playoffs, have a winning season, and he's a, and he's legitimately a GOAT. He has nothing else to prove. But, you know, I, I think he's still productive based off of his workouts, the the TB12 workout, the yoga, the avocado uh, smoothies. I think he has a great chance to play five to six more years if he chooses to. Five to six <laughs> more years, Eddie? Because of, because of the healthy fats. That's what i saying. <laughs> the avocado, that... That extends you, <laughs> Eddie. How long did you play?
0: How, what, when did you retire? What age?
1: I retired at the age of thirty-one. I uh, I left. I went down to Dallas um, for a cup of coffee, and um, I, I you know my heart wasn't really in it. I could have gone to a different team and, and played a different role, but it, it just wasn't going to be the same for me after that. I just wanted to. In the inevitable and uh, start another career and it was a difficult time but you know what I think I made the best decision in the end.
0: Yeah I think so too you're doing obviously well yeah. you got 500 books behind <laughs> you when you were in Dallas <laughs> when you were in Dallas I assume you got to learn about Jerry Jones they just made a new mm-hmm. hire with Mike McCarthy who had a lot of success at Green Bay it obviously ended a little bit ugly there with his relationship with Aaron Rodgers but it was over a decade I mean that's going to happen sometimes people fall out of love with each other you think Jerry Jones got it right down there and do you think Jerry Jones will be able to get out of his own own way and kind of let his team do his thing
1: and and that's the key you know jerry jones has built a roster that's competitive i mean you look at that roster there there's talent all over the board he has the running back check defensive players check the quarterback uh all all is all of it's there the only thing they lack is a winning culture and an alpha male a true alpha male a leader in the locker room in terms of the head coach and i was there when uh bill bill parcells was there and that's that's as good as you're going to get in terms of the true alpha male and it was an absolute disaster it was dysfunctional the the one year that i was there uh for that small sample size so in being there there is a power struggle between the owner and the 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 head coach because the head coach really can't do his job and get the groceries, if you will, and make key decisions on different players. And that's going to fit the system if Jerry Jones is saying, well, I want to get this guy for marketing or whatever. Or whatever." So I think Jerry has to say, hey, you know what? I have to delegate all these uh, all the, uh, uh, the opportunities and decision-making to my head coaches and let them do their job and take hands off and control his ego and let them do their thing. And I think they can have a winning product.
0: Okay. I'm excited to hear that. The Mike McCarthy press conference yesterday was—he seemed confident that he was going to be able to do his own job. Like he seemed,
1: yeah. And, and Mike has a as a, a strong, he's a pedigree. I mean, he's a strong pedigree. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in, uh, in playoffs. He knows what a winning product looks like. He knows how to coach. He knows how to go out and get free agents. He knows how to draft players. He understands all of that. So I think that he can bring in a system, I and mean, he can—he's a quarterback guru. I think he can take Dak Prescott to another level of being consistent week in and week out and play at a superstar level consistently. So if Jerry Jones gets out of the way and let Mike McCarthy do his thing, I think, the uh, Cowboys can be extremely successful next year.
0: Dallas Cowboys have won like one playoff game in the last 45 years or something (laughs) like that.
1: Oh, it's terrible. The NFC playoffs
0: though, right now are intriguing. Very interesting. You got Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks headed to green Bay. I guess they're just supposed to dump snow in green Bay before, right before that game gets started. How do you see that thing uh, carrying out now? I was told this by Josh Sitton, who was an offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, he said everybody thinks that in the snow that if you can run the ball well, you're good. But if you have a quarterback that has big hands and can throw the ball well in snow and bad weather, that's a real weapon. How do you see this yeah. Green Bay Packers Seattle Seahawks game going in Lambeau with now the understanding that there's supposed to be a grumpy load of snow all over the place oh, wow. for Russell Wilson's return?
1: Hey man, that's that's the, you know playing in the snow is like. I, a fun time i love playing this time. okay I in cleveland put the 170 against them and three touchdowns <laughs> just, but um no big deal as far as this game goes uh i think the edge definitely goes to the team that runs the ball stream the well Damn. um you've got to, if you if you create the new, uh, new line of scrimmage and you're able to dominate up front in the snow there's only so much you can do passing wise and the type of, the type of, uh, those type of conditions. So if you're able to control the clock in that situation, and I think that Seattle can probably do that with Russell Wilson, you know, getting on the edge, running a little bit more, uh, the, the the platoon of running backs that they have, they've kind of found the chemistry w- with that at this point in time with Mars Island's coming back. Um, I, I think they can definitely get it done. I think it's going to be closer than what most people think. They're uh, four and a four-and-a-half-point underdog Seattle is. But i like Seattle to cover and possibly get the outright right Wow. Do you think Marshawn Lynch... Those guys that are listening for Vegas, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're pretty big degenerates in this room here. Excited to get your take on that. Marshawn Lynch was serving tequila just two and a half, three weeks ago. Isn't it amazing? It is, isn't it? Now his workload is increasing, and that touchdown he had last week was awesome. It was a six-yard run. Looked like the old beast mode again. Do you think three weeks is enough to get the guy into good enough game shape to get him the ball a little bit more? Because they're going to need him this weekend obviously
1: clearly yes i think it's that's a great i mean great formula i mean hell i can come out of retirement right now i think it gets you five or six yards right let's go i mean it's all it's all a part of the will and desire to get it done i mean you listen you know we saw it last year uh with the rams there was a guy that came off the street you know, two weeks into it, and he got them to the Super Bowl when um, uh, Todd Gurley got hurt. So I think it's it's totally possible that we can see more of a workload for Marshawn Lynch um, in the back half of the season if they can continue to win the playoffs for sure.
0: All right, last question. We know that the College Football National Championship is on Monday night. We know that Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper is introducing a brand-new flavor that's going to captivate taste buds all across the country. How do you see that game going, and what's your prediction?
1: man after watching lsu um against uh oklahoma my god that was just ridiculous i thought i was watching uh you know a video game it was crazy um but I think that Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator for Clemson, uh, will come to uh, – will find a game plan that will kind of unravel and rattle um, a Heisman Trophy winner. I think we've seen them, them peak a little bit, and there was a lot of time between the, 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 this game. So I think it's going to be a close game. And honestly, I like Clemson to win it. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think they'll win 35-31. a shocker.
0: Do you think Trevor Lawrence is going to play next year?
1: <laughs> Ooh, um, I think he is. Um, I, think I think he's so still too. a sophomore, right?
0: Yeah, but there's a lot of talk potential. Now, this is just media people talking. Yeah, about him potentially holding out because he doesn't want to get injured because he's going to be the number one pick, whether he likes it or not.
1: Don't, don't. I wouldn't buy into that crap. Me neither. Look, just, just, this play the game. You know, we've seen that. You don't, you don't want to take a year off, get rusty, and all of that. You want to go into the, the year with some momentum. You know, the kid is a tough kid. You know, after he got that hit against Wade, against Ohio State, yeah. Wade was kicked out, he was kind of struggling. Well, that hit woke him up, and he was like, okay, let's play ball. So he's a tough-minded kid. He can take the hits. He can get it done. I, I like his game. I think he's he's a winner. I, I love him. I, I think hopefully – um the titans can get him in the next couple years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they're going to need it. If the Titans go on and continue to win, Ryan Tannehill might be the picture of the future down there in Tennessee. I can't thank you enough, Eddie George. Can't wait to wear your belly
3: crossed Yes,
1: can you can you please send me your address? I will send you one. I need that cut off right at the base of the numbers, Pat, right at the base. <laughs>
0: I'm so fat, Eddie. I can't do that. (laughs) I'm gonna need to get on some real supplements. No, no,
2: just as you are. Just like that. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen,
0: living legend, Eddie George. Thank
2: you, Eddie. Cheers, man.
0: We interrupt this to ask you one question and one question alone. Do you consider yourself a black sheep misfit or even a screwball? If so, we've got just the perfect drink for you. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter? whiskey peanut butter whiskey. No matter how many times you say it, it sounds like an oddball combination. But don't let a little thing like preconceived notions fool you. An unlikely duo has been born. With a warm and welcoming aroma and a deliciously smooth palate, Screwball peanut butter whiskey isn't your average flavored liquor. Made by a local husband and wife duo with American whiskey and peanut butter flavor, the end result is this savory and creamy with a touch of sweetness and without the lingering heavy finish you might expect. Screwball stands alone. It tastes amazing all by itself. Neat, on the rocks, or even as a shot. Screwball also elevates practically any cocktail into a whole new experience. Screwball is extremely versatile. Pour it over ice, add it to your coffee, or top a big scoop of vanilla bean ice cream with a screwball to make a special adult dessert. On one side, you have good old whiskey, a bold, loud, and strong partner in crime who exudes confidence. On the other, you have peanut butter, a rich, smooth, and irresistible spread that's as dependable as they come. These two blend together to make the perfect combination. In fact, they go together so well, they make PB&J jealous. But we have to warn you, a night with screwball is bound to get a little nutty. They sent... Two screwball whiskeys to the office. Ty, whiskey guy. Nick, whiskey guy. Todd, whiskey guy. Diggs, whiskey guy. The boys tried it each differently. One took it as a shot. One took it on the rocks. One took it deep. One did that. And they said the same exact thing. Tell you what. Didn't expect it to be that good. Didn't expect it to be that good. The boys loved it, absolutely loved it, and you will love it as well, because Screwball recently won a double gold medal and best in class for best flavored whiskey at the 2019 New York World Wine and Spirits Competition for the second year in a damn row. This brand is the American dream. Born in Quirky Ocean Beach, California, Screwball is the brainchild of a husband and wife duo Steven and Brittany Yang. Stephen was a restaurant owner and foodie who is well known for his recipes incorporating peanut butter, hero. He is a Cambodian refugee and polio survivor who first fell in love with the taste when he came to America. To him... It is the taste of freedom. Brittany was an attorney with a master's in chemistry. When they saw his peanut butter whiskey cocktail outselling any other spirit, they decided to bottle their own peanut butter whiskey, and they ended up creating something even better than the original cocktail and dedicated it to their hometown, a small San Diego community known for its colorful mix of misfits, black sheep, and screwballs. Screwball was designed to be a bartender's best friend. You don't need to chill it. You can drink it straight or in a shot. Screwball appeals to everyone, young and old. The word screwball refers to someone who is eccentric and nutty. We say the party hasn't started until the screwball shows up. It's about being yourself, and you have way more fun when you are just yourself. We Are the Black Sheep slogan means that we can all relate to feeling ostracized or like you don't fit in. It's about accepting others and accepting yourself. Screwball... Screwball could be looked down on by some whiskey connoisseurs, but we are proud of our roots in California, and we aren't going to try to hide it. Screwball, the original and most awarded peanut butter whiskey is now available nearly everywhere. At 70 proof, Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey is the perfect shot or the perfect addition to your favorite cocktail. Pick it up at your local store, ask for it at your favorite bar or restaurant. Are you ready to hashtag Get Screwed? Go to ScrewballWhiskey.com for more info. Enjoy responsibly. Advertisement by Screwball Spirits, LLC, San Marcos, California, Whiskey with natural flavors and caramel color 35% alcohol by volume These are all mandatory talking points But you need to know That this shit is good Joining us now is a guy That's won a Super Bowl He's a living legend He's handsome From the Ohio State You can hear him talk on I think Sirius He talks on Sirius I think he's on Fox I think he's he's everywhere Ladies and gentlemen AJ Hawk yeah. <laughs> There he is going on man coming to us from a barn
2: (laughs) yeah it's a fake fake background pat
0: i respect that you're a professional um this weekend massive weekend for our best friend aaron Rodgers. have you talked to him what has he been saying he seems to be getting a little chirpy with media people that have been talking down about how he's been winning and how they've been playing it feels like this is a nice game for aaron Rodgers to come punch people in the mouth
2: has he been getting chirpy this week with them like during uh, media stuff? Uh, they a little ju- bit.
0: They showed him on things. Yeah. It, like last week he said like, you guys keep saying we're winning ugly. Uh, the only thing that matters is we're winning. And then there's people that are saying things and we all, I, I listen, I think it's very well known. Aaron Rodgers does hear that stuff. And I think that kind of fuels him a little bit. Have you talked to him this week? How's he feeling? There's supposed to be a snowstorm. He's got that house in Malibu. What's going on?
2: <laughs> yeah. i talked to him a little bit this week. Uh, yeah, I mean I think he's excited. Why not? I think every quarterback in the league that plays in a, at an elite elite level, Pat, has some kind of chip on their shoulder where they uh, you know, they don't want to they're not trying to prove the haters wrong or whatever, but yeah, they just they thrive and when people tell him they can't do something, and I think he feels like, "Hey, you say it doesn't look pretty. We're not that good. We're not clicking on offense. Sorry, we got 13 wins in a first round bye. Like, sorry, it's not good enough."
0: Yeah, I I was sitting on a get up desk, and it was a couple of days after they said that Ryan Tannehill was a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff. And I I like I almost I don't, I tried to flip the table at one point. I was like, <laughs> "This is absolute lunacy right now." But. I will say this, Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago said that he can see hole 18 right now. And I think that was a motivational message he was trying to send to the locker room. Like, Hey, there's not a lot of these types of opportunities left where we have a good team. We have a good setup for a playoff run. Is that how you took that? And have you talked to him about what his potential future is?
2: No, I mean, over the years, I've asked him how long he wants to play and everything. And I feel like he's like thinking, well, why even worry about that right now? I think he could easily play five, six, seven more years. And you know, like, his arm's not going anywhere. The arm strength is still there. As long as he can find a way to stay healthy, which he did this year, I think he still fights through things that other quarterbacks may even sit out for. Like, I think he's played through a lot of stuff always um, that he may – I don't know what he does in the offseason to, to get ready. He goes out there to Malibu, works out up at the top of the hill looking at the ocean and feels pretty good about himself. <laughs> so, I think he could easily play five, six more years.
0: Last year, whenever I called the Lions-Packers game, it was – revealed to the broadcast crew, uh, which I was part of, obviously, uh, commentator, uh, NFL commentator. Uh, I guess there's a job opening up. Wouldn't mind being the third man in the booth. But um, it was told about all the injuries that he was playing through. That was not being talked about by anybody else. Like the He had like a groin, I think. He had a knee at one point. It's never talked about with Aaron Rodgers. Nothing is ever talked about whenever it comes to that man in a way that is like a positive spin for Aaron. It's always a negative spin. And I enjoy watching him go, just kind of stick it two people
2: yeah I think he thrives in that role don't don't doesn't everybody like don't yes. you after you got arrested for allegedly swimming weren't you pumped to get back out there on the field and bomb a punt and then you instantly start doing your little celebrations and sticking it to the haters
0: There's no reason to bring that up. There's no reason to bring that up, AJ. Like right now, I am thriving, okay? I am at an all-time high, and you just had to bring up a moment where my mugshot was compared to Gary Busey and that other guy, the uh, Carrot Top, and you just had to bring that up.
2: I didn't know Carrot Top was arrested. What do you mean you're doing great? You're thriving right now. Urban Meyer hates you. I think it's a
0: great
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, He
0: does. You know, he and I have buried our beef, by the way. I'm past it. I'm past it. I think he's going to be the next coach of the Browns, by the way. You live in Ohio. Who do you think the people – you played for Cincinnati, which, I mean, you guys are great at football, but the, the Cleveland Browns. Let's talk about them. Who do you think is left for a good hire for the Cleveland Browns, A.J.?
2: I mean, isn't it all hands on deck to try to get Josh McDaniels there? That's what it seems like right now. They may surprise us, though. They may go, go grab somebody. Maybe what Salah, the D coordinator for the Niners, he seems like a guy that would thrive in Cleveland. I'm sure they've inquired about Urban. I just don't know if he is willing to go and take that step right now.
0: How do you feel about college coaches going to the NFL? You and I are big rah-rah guys. We need to be motivated every single day to go out and do our jobs. Matt Rule, who started in the NFL with Tom Coughlin, then he went to college, had success at Temple, Baylor, and now he's with the Carolina Panthers. There's always this thought about college coaches. If they succeed in college, they'll be able to succeed in the NFL. And I'm just not 100% sure that's true.
2: It's definitely not 100% true. I mean, look at Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He tried it for a little bit in Miami. Didn't exactly work out. I mean, your circumstances have to be there. The ownership, the the GM, everything has to be in place. But Matt Rule, I know he's a he's a friend of the program here for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we sat there in a production meeting with him. And he, remember, he said he said to me in the production meeting, he said, I'm like the least fun head coach to ever play for. And I said, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, I don't have like music blaring and warm-ups. We don't do this. Like, We're just all about ball all the time but he, his players still buy in. So he's got something going on. I mean, Matt Rule got interviewed for a head coaching gig in the NFL after his first year at Baylor when they went 1-11. So obviously there's something that – These executives in the NFL know about Matt Rule. There's something special about him, so I think he should be all right in Carolina. Do you like Mike McCarthy to the Dallas Cowboys? You get a
0: chance, obviously, to play for the guy. The Mike McCarthy project was this video that captivated me and a lot of people to remember how good of a coach Mike McCarthy was. Do you think he and Jerry Jones are going to be able to get along? you think he's going to be back on top?
2: I think that's a big reason he got that job. I think from the second he landed in Dallas, he and Jerry hit it off right away, and it's a unique situation to play or to coach in dallas when the owner is doing a media scrum in the open locker room next to all your naked players doing media scrum too like you got your owner standing there holding court that doesn't happen anywhere else in the nfl from from what i have seen jerry does a couple radio shows throughout the week so it's a different kind of thing you have to handle there and mike mccarthy knew that coming in but i mean why not who wouldn't want to be the head coach of the dallas cowboys you're if you're looking at your resume and you said okay I won a Super Bowl coaching the Green Bay Packers, one of the most historic franchises ever. Now I'm taking over a global brand that is the Dallas Cowboys with Jerry Jones. Like You're always going to be in the headlines. You're going to have talent on the team. I think it's a great situation.
0: What happened with Mike McCarthy and the Packers? You think
2: he was was just too long in one place, kind of went stale? I guess. I mean, maybe change of scenery. People always think that. I mean, I think I've said to you before like when you have Aaron Rodgers on the team you're expected to be competing for the Super Bowl every single year and when you're not who are they going to point to first they're going to look at the head coach and unfortunately that was McCarthy and and now hopefully it's a good redemption story for him and LaFleur has come in in Green Bay and done a great job already so yeah I don't know you know whenever things aren't going well you always think like oh the grass is always greener you know you got to move on from him so I think he just got stale I guess I don't know I mean who knows why people make these decisions
0: the perception of complacency has changed the NFL in all things completely I mean if you appear that you're complacent with whatever your team is without making a drastic fire a drastic hire it's almost like now with social media everybody can turn against you like very quickly even your fans it feels like that happens on a very regular occasion there's no more patience there's no more like hey we gotta build this team we gotta do this we're gonna have to take our lumps nowadays it's like you win right now or you get
2: the hell on out of here yeah maybe it's uh partly because of all these young offensive-minded play callers coming into the nfl and i mean sean McVay having success early on not as much this year maybe that's it where they're always thinking like oh man we got to catch up we got to stay ahead of the curve we got to do what these other teams are doing to do well we're just we we can't just keep this guy in here and hope to be mediocre or be an average team that gets beat in the first or second round of the playoffs every single year. So, yeah, they don't have much time. I mean, look at Freddie Kitchens. I live in Ohio. People were juiced. I went to a uh, camp to a practice in Cleveland this past summer, and everyone's like, oh, yes, we're going to the Super Bowl. Freddie's the man. Here we go. And then halfway through the season, they're saying Freddie's Freddy's lost control of the team. He has nothing. He can't take uh, control of these guys. Baker Mayfield's speaking his mind to the media, which I think he should always do. I respect that. I hope he continues to do that. And we'll see who they bring in there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Cleveland.
0: Baker Mayfield, the best actor in the NFL
2: right now. His commercials,
0: <laughs> yep. every single one of them.
2: Still. Okay. Okay, Pat, you know. So people get so pissed. Oh, the Browns are losing. Baker Mayfield's in all these commercials. Guess what, guys? He probably shot those in June and July. Mm-hmm. He shot all those commercials. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid millions of dollars. And so if millions. He w- yes. So if he would have turned them down, he would have been stupid. How dumb would you be to turn those down when you're probably getting a couple mil to shoot a commercial when you're talking about a toilet being clogged or whatever at the stadium that he's filmed months and months ago? It's not like he's sitting there – taking his shoulder pads off. Hey, Freddie, I'll be late to the meeting today. I got to shoot this commercial real quick and cash (laughs) 1.5 mil. Like, that's not how it works.
0: Hey, you know, Dak Prescott didn't film any commercials, and he came out and led the entire NFL in offense. uh, So maybe Baker should do that.
2: Yeah, you are. You are officially a corpo media. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a real statement that was made by people on television. I, I just wanted you to know that was a real. What I just said was a statement that was said by a lot of people. Dak Prescott shot zero commercials, uh, even though he had the Salvation Army one and the yogurt one and the other sleep one. number. Yeah, sleep number. Uh, Campbell's soup. Campbell's soup. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, so. Meathead linebacker, you are. Zero reported <laughs> concussions, no chance of CTE. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh,
2: hey, by the way. Hey. Yeah. Hey. 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 It's
0: not easy. It's not easy, AJ, in the position and the way you played it with just throwing your massive, handsome head into people on a regular occasion. Um, but there for, I don't know, I'd probably say six, seven years, the NFL became a fantasy football-driven league offense 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 how do we score more points than everybody else let's go let's go let's go now this year if you look at the the teams that are remaining it's all going to rely on the defense playing well and I, i think that's across the board the titans defense has to be able to contain lamar jackson The Chiefs' defense has been the number one defense since week 11. If they're going to do what they do to Deshaun Watson, let's assume Patrick Mahomes is going to put up a bazillion points. The Niners and the Vikings, if the Vikings' defense can show up, will be a defensive struggle. And then Packers, if the Packers' defense can get to Russell Wilson so he can't hit those deep shots, it feels like that's a win. Defense is going to decide these games. Is that standard and we just got lost in the numbers on the offensive side of the ball? Or is this kind of how it's always been or what's going to be going forward?
2: I mean, it kind of always goes back and forth, I think. It's still slanted towards the offense, which I, I agree. It should probably be that way. I want to see points being scored too. I don't want to watch a bunch of punts and field goals. No one cares about that, uh, except for you. You're the only one there. So oh I think what it's the shot. hell is this dude's problem? <laughs> Just get back to the defense, will you,
0: please? <laughs> Jeez, man. First
2: off, also, I don't know who I am to you anymore. Uh-oh. Why do you? You had a booker. Why are you going through agents to get me on the show? To- no, 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 oh, no. No, no,
0: I FaceTimed you yesterday, wanted you on the show because I got an email saying you were on the show. And I was almost like, why is AJ not just telling me he's coming on the show? Why are you going through bookers? Why are you going through agents? What is your do- – are you two big time? You got a fake me. wooden wall behind you? You <laughs> got to go through a booker, through an agent to get on the, the hottest rising show in
2: in all of the land?
0: I, I, just text me, AJ. If you got something to say and you want to say something on my show, just text me.
2: First off, your people reached out to me. I didn't ask to come on. I'm not promoting <laughs> – I'm not wearing a Duracell shirt like <laughs> I'm just it, you know, like, that's me to trying to pump something up. I'm not, I'm not here pumping anything. So I got a text. Hey, Pat McAfee Show would like to have you on. Uh, they can do 1120, 1130, 1140. And I'm like, sure, yeah, I think I can do 1140. Okay, cool. And they try to. he starts to send me, like, instructions kind of. I was like, yeah, I know, Pat. I know those guys. It's cool. Like, I didn't know that happened. I don't need instructions. I don't even know who booked you but if
0: it means anything i just get an email that says who's on the show you know I, I got a lot going on aj but when your name popped up on there i was very excited i went to facetime you immediately you didn't answer obviously because this is what aj does no he he gets booked by agents and then you don't,
2: you don't answer facetimes i wanted to facetime with you i have been busy i missed you i was excited for this conversation i did mean, did you facetime me while you were on the air no no directly afterwards i'm a professional yeah. Okay, good. I know you are a professional, but yeah, I mean, getting back to your defensive thing, <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right, man. I think it's uh, it's interesting to see. I, I'm curious about that Packers Seahawks game. I mean, Russell Wilson's going to have to have a hell of a day to beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, and and I think that Packers defense is going to find a way to get a bunch of pressure. We'll see how how much Russell can elude the The pass rush, and and then maybe they can get Marshawn going a little bit. They're going to have to get some kind of run game going just to keep the ball out of Aaron's hands, I think, if they want a chance to win.
0: All right, we got about a minute left. Who do you think uh, wins this weekend? Who's in the Super Bowl?
2: What do you want me to go through each game right now? No. What do you mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just tell me who's going to be in the Super Bowl, will you? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Green Bay and who in the AFC?
2: Uh, The Chiefs will be in the Super Bowl. Oh. uh, Yeah. I think there's a good chance they play Green Bay. Okay. Ooh.
0: Well, Mr. Hawk, I want to let you know it was an honor getting to speak with you. I'm happy my people reached out to you.
2: Yes. Thank you very much. I can hear the music playing us out. So, thank you for having me on the show, Pat. I cannot wait to go through Bookers and do this again in 6 months. <laughs> <laughs> do you We have
0: 35 seconds left in the show. Do you want to give like a little motivational speech to everybody to have the best Thursday of their entire life or
2: No, I'm not I'm against that. But, you know what, Pat? I I appreciate you fighting the good fight for us to where, like you said, someone said, oh, Dak Prescott didn't shoot any commercials, let the, the NFL in, in passing yards or whatever he did. That's, that's a great thing. We need someone like you, a, a sane, rational voice to, <laughs> I guess, straighten people out, keep people on, on, the, on the path and not worry about all the garbage out there.
0: Well, I appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow without A.J. Hawk. Whoa. Let's talk about Mike McCarthy being introduced to the Dallas Cowboys just yesterday via a press conference. Now, this is... Obligatory Dallas Cowboy talk. Right. And it's in the first six minutes here, so the powers of B will be very happy mm-hmm. about this. But Mike McCarthy is a Yenzer. Through and through a Yenzer. And when he speaks, he still has that yenzer draw, everything he does. He I guess what I was told was by Matt Hasselbeck yesterday is whenever you walked into Mike McCarthy's living room. There was a picture of Three Rivers there, which is the original stadium in Pittsburgh, but it was set up for the Pirates because he was coaching the Packers. Three Rivers Stadium used to be both the Pirates Stadium and the Steelers Stadium. They switched over like the Oakland Raiders had been doing for a long time in other places. But Mike McCarthy loves Pittsburgh, right? Diehard Yinzer refused to get rid of his accent. And I think that is why Jerry Jones probably loved him so much, to be honest. I think that is why he and Aaron Rodgers could have potentially fallen out of love with each other because Yinzers are a different breed of human. We are a different breed of people. I think Mike McCarthy had a lot of success at Green Bay, a lot of success, won a Super Bowl. I think he's widely regarded as probably the hottest coach on the market by all accounts. Now, granted, I forgot he even existed until the <laughs> Mike McCarthy project was released by Tom Pelissero on the NFL Network. But after watching that, I remembered I was like, oh, damn. Mike McCarthy was a very good coach for a long time. I think they got a good one, and after listening to the press conference, Mike McCarthy gives zero dams about anything. We have a couple of the highlights from yesterday's press conference. Introducing Mike McCarthy as the new Dallas Cowboys head coach.
3: I mean, I told Jerry I watched every play of the 2019 season, but I wanted the job. uh, uh, I I, I, I I, I haven't watched every play of the season, but – it, it was just. Uh, I mean, you do what you got to do, right? <laughs> also,
0: he said that. Now, I love that mostly because when I was coming out of the uh, West Virginia University, I was asked by a lot of coaches on whether or not I thought I was a kicker or a punter. I thought I was a kicker. I played in the Senior Bowl as a kicker. All this stuff, whatever. So, Bill Polian ended up asking me after a workout with the Colts. And the workout with the Colts, it went well. I mean, I kicked, I punted the ball well. I kicked field goals well for them. But the coach and I, I mean, he walked in literally, the special teams coach walked in and said, I don't want to be here. There's two other guys I'd rather work out. Bill Poley enforcement. First thing he said to me, this guy. And I was like, oh, this is great. Can't wait for this. He wore a Maryland Terrapin belt and at that time West Virginia and Maryland was a real rivalry we worked out at West Virginia so this guy he comes in he, he tells me he doesn't want to be there Bill Polling's forcing him to be there he's wearing like one of our rivals belts and then he just walks into our facility and this guy I mean he, God bless him now that I know him he's a Pennsylvania guy loud whatever he was a good coach but after the workout I get on the the phone with Bill Polian, right? He's like, "Hey, how'd the workout go?" All this stuff. I'm like, "Oh, nice to talk to you. i well." He's like, "Hey, I have a question. Have you ever held before?" And I said, with 100 percent certainty, "Yes, I hold every single day." I knew there was a chance that I could punt, I, Mr. Polian. I've, I've obviously have held before. I, I I view myself as a good athlete. And he goes, "Okay, sounds good." Hangs up. I completely forget that that conversation happens. I actually say after the workout, "I hope I end up anywhere but the Colts," because. <laughs> of the special teams coach. With I don't care if I end up in a CFL I, I, as anywhere but the Indianapolis Colts for how my and that guy's first interaction went, Right. So then you fast forward to draft day. I get drafted to the Colts. Mel Kuyper buries me. Then I get to talk to Bill Polian. Hey, you're going to be our punter. I was like, excuse me. I forgot that we even talked about punting. Everybody else had talked to me about kicking. The next day, Vinatieri calls me, asks me if I ever held before because a lot of West Virginia people in the training room so he'd watch me kick before. I had to come clean and say no. I just wanted the job. Just like Mike McCarthy said, I just wanted a job. I like the fact, though, that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones just learned about him lying to their face <laughs> in front of everybody. And Steve, I don't know if it was Stephen or Jerry, but whoever was doing the... <laughs> <laughs> under In the mic, probably my favorite moment. There was a couple more clips also from that press conference that we enjoyed.
3: But I do need to tell a story about Saturday night when I was here on the interview. Um, and here I am sitting across the table, Stephen... Jerry Jones, Jerry Jr., you yes. know, Will McClay, Todd Williams, and Donner. Jerry's telling a story about um, the purchase of the Dallas Cowboys, and and at the end of the story, he leans over to me and he, he grabs him by the by the forearm and reaches out to shake my hand. He says, "And you need to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys." So um, I jumped off and hugged him, but uh, and I <laughs> And I'll stop right there. We had a hell of a time. (laughs) Uh,
0: From what I've heard, now, I'm not going to be somebody that judges somebody, but I do believe Jerry Jones is a billionaire that has a good time. Now, Mm -hmm. there's been photos that have surfaced. There's been the Dallas Cowboys party bus that drives around Indianapolis, and every single combine, the Dallas Cowboys party bus drives around (laughs) from club to club. And it's only about a half a block drive, and they leave the club, get in the bus, drive the bus half a block, get out of the bus to go into the club. Dean Blandino, by the way, was once spotted coming out of the Dallas Cowboys bus, which was a big ordeal. I mean, Indianapolis during a combine is what the younger generation calls lit. (laughs) I mean, there are all the important people in the NFL, are in town, and they are tearing this place down. I mean, you got billionaires going into restaurants and clubs. you got every coaching staff meeting up in back rooms of places just getting absolutely hammered. All the head coaches are at places. All the special teams coaches are at places. Assistant coaches. Indianapolis is the perfect place for this, by the way, because everything's walkable, everything's close. And I feel like, aside from my arrest where I was walking down a street shirtless at 28 degree weather, slightly intoxicated. It almost feels like the city of Indianapolis gets it. They're like, hey, the NFL is going to show up on their spring break here during this combine, and things are going to happen. And that Dallas Cowboys party bus is basically the epicenter of all of that. <laughs> Jerry likes to have a good time, and I think that's why everybody said you don't stay at Jerry Jones' house for a night and not take the job. Mike McCarthy, I think, stayed at Jerry Jones' house. And if he's a Yenser like I think he is, they pounded beer with Jerry Jones, they shared stories. I'm assuming that Des Bryant catch no mm-hmm. catch came up in conversation, and I think they're gonna be a beautiful relationship to be honest with you.
4: At what age do you think you start grabbing the forearm when you talk to people?
0: Uh, well, I think it's just like you Italians. Like I, I, Whenever I was young, I was taught by uh, one of my Italian friend's father that when you shake somebody's hand, right, and if they try to power you, like alpha you by turning the hand over, the answer is you pat your hand on top, right? (laughs) Because what they're saying to you is like, hey, go fornicate yourself. And you're like, no, no, no. Go fornicate you, right? That's why I I like the pat on top of the hand. I think the forearm is like that next step where it's like, hey, listen, bang, give me your damn hand. We're shaking hands right now. We're making a deal. I think you have to have... At least nine figures in your bank account. <laughs> you know what I mean? He has 10, obviously, at least 10. I don't know how uh-huh. many billions he has, how many other businesses he runs. But I think you need nine figures to do the forum thing. I absolutely love that. And I think we have one more, right? No, that was it. Sorry. Okay. I thought there was one more. The, um, he, uh, nah, forget it the Des Bryant catch thing, which I should have told Foxy. He said, uh, yeah, obviously that was an incredible catch. And then everybody in Dallas laughs. And then he said, "Uh, but at the time it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Mike McCarthy has not lost anything. Like Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy did not sell out. Mike McCarthy did not change himself for that. And I think for that reason, I think the Cowboys are going to be in a good spot. Mike McCarthy doesn't have to handle the interviews anymore. Mike McCarthy is only worried about ball. And now, if Jerry Jones starts complimenting other coaches and starts throwing him under the bus, I don't know how Mike McCarthy's going to take it like Jason Garrett was able to handle it. But I think we're off and running at this point. He said he understands what he has in Dak Prescott. He's excited to work with Dak Prescott. Now, granted, Jerry Jones has not negotiated a deal with Dak Prescott. So he's complimenting Dak Prescott in his opening press conference. But he also said, I very much understand we're going to get the ball to Zeke, too. Because a good thing that helped, the only thing that can really help a good quarterback is a good running game. The fact that he is Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. God, I think Mike McCarthy's excited for the job, and I think he got broken off, I'd assume. I don't know if details have been released of his contract, but I'm assuming he got paid
2: bank for that thing. It's, it's good to see it kind of come full circle because that's why he got fired in Green Bay is because he wouldn't sell out and kind of change his approach. So it's nice to see that he didn't have to like reinvent himself to get a new job. I'm happy for Mike McCarthy.
0: I am too, and I think most Green Bay Packers fans are probably happy mm-hmm. for him too.
2: Rodgers texted him right after he got the job and said congrats, so it seems like they kind of put that to bed. By the way, yeah. any,
0: anytime you have a long yeah. relationship yeah. with somebody, And it turns cold time heals all wounds Mm -hmm. with that because instead of remembering the terrible time at the end you normally only reflect on the good times like your mind is normally taught to look back on something and be like oh remember this good time remember this good time remember this good time as opposed to all the reasons why that's why you see a lot of people get back with their exes right because you don't remember why the milk was spoiled you just remember when the milk tasted good Mm -hmm. and that's why everybody dives back into that fridge opens up that thing and then once you get to the bottom of the gallon you're like oh I remember this being terrible. <laughs> but i think that's kind of what has happened with a lot of people and i'm happy to see that it happened with aaron and mike because they accomplished a lot together he accomplished a lot with green bay and good for
2: jerry jones
4: i also love that mike pulled this move that i do all the time when you lied in the interview but then you want to actually tell the truth you do it in front of as many people as you possibly oh. can because you can't get yelled at right then <laughs> yeah well, that laugh underneath the microphone i don't know if it was jerry or his son <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. We're all joking here. Uh, son.
4: You son, some bitch.
0: Hey, listen, you're gonna watch every play. <laughs> also, Matt Rule just yesterday was introduced to the Carolina Panthers fans as the new head coach. Tepper uh flew down to Waco to meet with Matt Rule and talk to him about why he should be the Carolina Panthers head coach. Matt Rule obviously signed a seven-year, sixty-two million dollar deal that's potentially worth $70 million. But Matt Rule said he was not convinced that he should go to the Carolina Panthers. Everybody assumed that he was going to end up at the Giants, but turns out they hired Joe Judge before Matt Rule could even get there. So that affected his deal. I guess whenever Tepper left, billionaire flew in his private plane down to Waco. Great. Airport down there, oh, great private plane airport. Nice. Nice. Oh yeah, I think they had nacho cheese. Did it was that? No, oh, that was the other one. Okay, anyway, that, that was the best one. We've ever been. We flew into this. <laughs> we flew into this one airport on a plane yeah we wrote it was like somebody's house we walked hot in dogs. Yeah, hot, hot dogs, dogs nachos oh, cheese, a movie theater fago oh. they had like his entire it was i thought that was way they gun. gave us a random person's car oh, yeah they just yeah. gave us a car <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was awesome go ahead take anyways for day. he flies in there he meets with matt rule i guess and his family and matt rule says i'm not sure and then tepper leaves right i guess matt rule's wife said what are you doing And he said, well, I'm not sure if I want to go to the Carolina Panthers. I guess Matt Rule's wife said, you're going to work for that guy. Because I guess Tepper, who's a Pittsburgh guy, went in there, a Pennsylvania guy, went in there and laid out the type of franchise he wants to have, the type of organization he wants to have. He said he's from the Steelers. He wants to have a very consistent head coach and a very consistent message. And you're the guy we want to start that with. And I guess his kid also came down the stairs after that meeting and said are we going to Carolina and uh, Coach Rule said no and he turned around and stomped off so at that moment Matt Rule had his kid and his <laughs> wife telling him like you have to do it I would assume the 7 year 62 million dollar deal came about an hour after that and Matt Rule was like well damn alright I'll get on the plane <laughs> right now
4: and I'll go over there. There was a rumor going around that they called the Giants and said will you match this offer and the Giants said no and he's like alright Carolina it is
0: Well I, I, I have no idea if that's true. I have no idea if it's true because the one headline that I read and and I think you can fall into a trap when you only read headlines I mean that is a problem in our society not only in sports but everywhere when you just read the headline and then you don't actually read the context of the whole thing it's almost like whenever Uh, and I mean, it did very well on the internet, so I appreciate it. But ESPN posted, I said, just like in beer pong, you should get a rebuttal, but they didn't post my entire, (laughs) so some people just saw that and I get people, you know, in beer pong though, you sink two balls in the cup, (laughs) like I would listen to the entire, shut up. But whenever you only read a headline, you can kind of fall for the trap. The the headline said that the Joe judge deal is what led Matt rule to Carolina. Matt Rule did an incredible press conference yesterday, rallied the troops, basically told the fans what they can look forward to. He was everything that I saw whenever I got a chance to meet with him whenever we had the Baylor game and then see him again down at College Game Day. And the big question that we've had now is who's the quarterback going forward? When you sign a seven-year deal as a head coach, they're basically saying, hey, you can rebuild this thing if you want. Now, they're not going to let Christian McCaffrey get out the door because if you have a good running back, you're good. Cam Newton didn't play this year. Will Allen, or uh, Will Greer did not play great. Kyle Allen did did not, played well and then did play great mm-hmm. but they're basically telling matt rule that you can do whatever the hell you want we talked to steve smith senior yesterday and he said dealing with an organizational change a lot of it revolves around the interview that you have with somebody whether or not you're going to keep that matt rule talked to cam newton for the first time yesterday on the phone and this is what he had to say about it
3: you said you talked with cam newton yesterday what did you take away from that conversation
0: that um, he's a passionate guy that that you know at the end of the day um, I love coaching players that'll tell me the truth. And uh, there was there was no debate after talking to him that he's a guy that's going to tell me the truth, tell me what he feels, and he's going to listen uh, to me and hear what I have to say. And so it was just an introductory phone call. I look forward to sitting down and getting to know him better. But uh, uh, I loved having a chance to talk to him. Okay. So uh, uh, now, listen. <laughs> it feels like when you have this position of speaking into a microphone about sports, if you don't get it, you know, a hundred percent right and go off a of hearsay or your gut intuition, you're setting yourself up for a lot of jabs if you're wrong. I don't think that sounded like a guy that's going to stick with Cam Newton. That that, that now Matt Rule could be legit cuz after that conversation, after that inter, in that interview after that particular topic, Matt Rule says like a lot of guys get a chance to learn about the team that they're going into. He said I literally just got done with this Baylor season. I don't know enough about Carolina Panthers to tell you all my answers. So Matt Rule legitimately I think doesn't know what he wants to do yet. I, I think he even said that I have to talk to the owner and general manager about what we're going to do with everything going forward. Just need to remember this. If they let go of Cam Newton and let Cam Newton go somewhere else like Chicago, for instance, if Cam Newton is gone, they save $19 million. The biggest thing you could possibly have whenever you're trying to build a franchise is money and draft picks. So let's assume they can't get any draft picks because they'll just let them go. They'll release them. I don't know if anybody will trade for Cam Newton right now, maybe like a third or fourth round. I'm not sure if anybody's going to give him good, you know, because nobody knows where Cam Newton's at right now. I think it seems as if Cam Newton's probably going to be playing elsewhere, but that could change. But in that conversation, nothing was said there that makes me think like, oh, he loved Cam Newton. He's rolling with Cam Newton. I think there's a lot of decisions to be made, but $19 million is going to sound very nice to a guy that's thinking about rebuilding a franchise. Do
2: you think that his style will translate to the NFL? Because for all intents and purposes, he's a hard ass, and he's a master motivator, and as Carolina kind of – Goes through this regime change and they get younger. Is that the kind of guy you need to have for this like new type of NFL? Like, will players in the locker room like actually respond to that?
0: I think they're going to need his guys, right? I think they're going to need like not everybody fits in with the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody fits in with the Patriot way. A lot of people have gone up there and not had success and had to leave and go elsewhere, and they do succeed. Other, I think the guy that ended up uh, Bennett right Michael Bennett Bennett went up there he's a great player great football player by all accounts said all the right things going in there hey I'm just playing my role want to win but he ended up leaving because I don't think he got in with the Patriot way I think they're going to have to find guys that want to do things the Matt Rule way right seven years 62 million dollars is a hell of an investment they're saying hey this is your team you find your guys that you want to have and I think that's going to be the case Matt Patricia when he went to the Detroit Lions he cut and got rid of everybody basically they said oh we lost the locker room he's still trying to find the right people in there hasn't had much success could that same thing happen with Matt Rule I'm not sure but they're gonna have to find the guys that fit in with the way he he's a hard ass he works hard he goes hard his players down at Baylor respected him a lot obviously they won like 12 games or whatever I think he's gonna have to find his people though but the college coach to NFL coach has not had great results right Some people have done it, but most of those people have started in the NFL. Matt Rule started in the NFL, but he started with Tom Coughlin, Mm -hmm. who very recently has had quite a falling out with the NFL. (laughs) So I don't know how it's going to go. They're going to have to get his people in there, but they've given him a lot of time to build that. And I think if Carolina Panthers fans are patient, that'll happen. And you have Christian McCaffrey, who's a stud, a stallion back there
4: that you can build around. If if I'm Matt Rule, unless I love somebody at seven, unless I love a quarterback in the draft at seven – I think you keep Cam because Cam at 19 million is is fifth is 15th ranked in the NFL, which is probably where he should be paid. And I see what he is after this injury and after he's been rested for an entire year, and see what his motivation like is for a year. So then you know because Cam's 30, he's going to be 31 or something like that, 32 next year. I mean, he's still if you have a seven year contract, Cam could be your quarterback for those seven years if he is remotivated and if he's healthy. Just to see what he is for a year.
0: There's no timetable on when they can release him, by the way, to save $19 million. They can release him whenever before the season starts and save $19 million. Pre-June uh, 1st, post-June 1st, whatever it is, they can release him whenever. I'll be excited to see how it all plays out. If they aren't going to use Cam Newton, though, the nice, the gentleman thing to do, which I think Tepper's trying to do, that's what he did with Ron Rivera, would be let him go earlier mm-hmm. so he can go find a new home, like Chicago, for instance. Mm-hmm. not. The bears have been down for all <laughs> long <Come> on. time. <laughs> Quick question. When was the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, wow, I love not being able to see shit when I drive? You probably haven't. Now, driving in bad weather doesn't have to be a headache. Thanks to the new Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything. To prove it, Michelin just put their new Endurance XT silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record breaking 16,000 mile drive from Alaska to Argentina to show just how durable these blades are. Rainier Zaitlow was the man behind the wheel, and he put the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades through ice, snow, rain, thunder, feel the thunder, lightning, and the thunder, and wind, and the blades took all of it. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad-tech four-layer coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice and lasts two times longer than other blades. The Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades are real-world proven for extreme weather performance. Upgrade to the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades today only at walmart back to the show back to the show back to the show we go back to the show back to we go you get it let's get to the phones real quick we got brandon in Lexington, in kentucky brandon what's going on pal i saw your call was first and i can't wait to hear what you're about to say
4: oh man it's Lexington park maryland <laughs> i don't know oh. if you heard that oh, sorry i'm geez. not a not too much of a southern boy but uh <laughs> My I, bad. I have a situation where <laughs> it's, all, it's all good I thought of a situation where uh, it's making more sense where the Saints don't have anyone under the quarterback and you bring in Tom Brady and you bring Taysom Hill back and you basically have Taysom Hill learn how to be a true quarterback and then Taysom Hill takes over in two years. And that's pretty much it.
0: Brandon, I respect what you just said. And that option, by the way, is not off the board. I think Saints fans – will take big exception to you saying that Taysom Hill can only learn how to be a true quarterback behind Tom Brady yeah. <laughs> and not Drew Brees. I mean, the fact that Drew Brees was not on the NFL all-time team was something that the Saints fans, the Saints organization, the Saints ranch was not happy about. And for good reason. Drew Brees, I think, owns every single record that you could possibly own aside from having the most Super Bowls as a quarterback, which Tom Brady does have. Mm-hmm. So maybe Taysom Hill could learn that. I, I, they have Teddy Bridgewater in there. I mean, he's up, obviously, but they could keep him in the building, which they decided to do years ago, making him the highest-paid backup quarterback. Drew Brees, nobody knows what Drew Brees is going to Three heartbreaking defeats. Now, this one, not as much as the last two, but still walk off – touchdowns walk-off scores see you later your season's over drew Brees. thanks for all the records that you broke thanks for the incredible run that you did home field uh playoff game bye see you later that minnesota miracle i think is still glooming over their head then you go to the phantom no pass interference call then this one i mean if you're a saints fan you're saying, hey, they didn't even take a second to look at Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph just said on Good Morning Football this morning, and I didn't push off. They reviewed it. They said I didn't push off, so I didn't push off. Big respect to big country for saying that because that's 100% the right answer. But the fact that they didn't just stop for a second and look at it again, I think optically wasn't great, specifically because they made the review rule of pass interference because of the Saints and the Saints fans. So I think the Saints fans have a lot to bitch about, to be honest with you. I I Mm -hmm. think they do for good reason. But for me... If Drew Brees is done, you have Teddy Bridgewater already there. You've already committed to Teddy Bridgewater as the highest paid backup quarterback. He went 4 0. I think Sean Payton loves him. And you have Taysom Hill still in the building. I'm not sure they're going to be in running for Tom Brady, but I love the fact that we're thinking about <laughs> Tom Brady potentially being a saint because that's where we are right now in Tom Brady NFL conversation. So
4: next year, who would you rather have, Tom Brady or Drew Brees?
0: Tom Brady. Tom Bra- I want Tom Brady. That's, that's now. Is Tom Brady going to stink next year? Probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. How do you just say that with like a stunk very Stunk this year. You, you think he stunk this year? Yes. I guess he did. He?
4: <laughs>
0: but he, now I understand that not a lot of people have weapons. No, right? Yeah, yeah. And I understand there's a lot of quarterbacks that deal with an issue of not having weapons. But whenever you're Tom Brady and you've been in a system that has had weapons and has had the ability. And then all of a sudden you have to just completely change that and not really have anybody. And you're pleading with your people to be faster, quicker, more explosive, get separation. You can see how he seemed mentally defeated this year, which isn't good. But he is ready for a comeback, and any guy that has six Super Bowls, I would like on my team, Mm -hmm. if he can still throw the ball and he's still eating avocado ice cream, I think Tom Brady probably comes back better than ever. There was some guy that was a teammate of his that said what he learned most about Tom Brady the first time he stepped into the Patriots organization before we get to a break here, he said that whenever he got there, the thing he was most impressed about is that Tom Brady was in the same offensive system for over a decade, and he was sitting front row in every single offensive meeting, taking notes feverishly as if it was algebra class. I think what Tom Brady has is this competitive drive that not only fuels him on the field, but off the field as well in the meeting rooms, in his diet, in his workouts, in all of these things. And we saw it in Tom versus time. His life revolves around being a good football player. That's why you want Tom Brady in your facility, because you get a little piece of the greatest dynasty in the history of football, a pretty big piece of the greatest dynasty in the history of football in your building to teach everybody else, how you do it, how it's done. The Patriot way might be the Tom Brady way, by the way, we haven't Mm. found out whether or not the Patriot way works without Tom Brady in the building. I guess we'll find that out, but boy, All options are on the table for Tom Brady. He's got to feel damn good. I I, I like Drew Brees. I like Drew Brees. But there's no definite that he's coming back, is there? No. I don't think so either. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Big shout-out to Handsome A.J. Hawk and Handsome Eddie George for joining us. Great conversations with them. They are hilarious, and I am grateful for their time. I am also eternally grateful for you for choosing to listen to this show. You can listen to a lot of shit these days. There's so much to listen to. The fact that you choose to listen to this show, I am very, very thankful. I would like to give away $1,000, actually. That's how thankful I am to somebody that listens to this show. Right now, tweet at Pat McVee Show utilize the hashtag hey I'm here put a number one through a hundred and then say something nice about somebody while acting them we have a panel of judges that will go through figure out the winner and we will give a thousand dollars to them whether it's via cash app or a mail check or whatever it is that is how you enter you tweet me Pat McAfee Show with the hashtag, hey, I'm here, the num- a number between 1 and a 100, and say something nice about somebody and at them. Panel of judges will figure out who the hell the winner is, not me included, but somebody else, and I'm going to give fa- uh, $1,000 away. You're the absolute best. Have the greatest weekend of your life. Cheers. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.